Well, it's good to be back. Awesome to see what the Lord has been doing. And uh, I'm encouraged by what he's doing. We're seeing the fruit of our labors in this nation. We're not seeing what anywhere near the fullness of it yet, but we are seeing the fruit of our labors. So we're going to continue to see that happen. And I'm going to just uh, share some prophetic dreams and words tonight that um, have come into my life in the, in the recent uh, past and just sort of use them to give perspective on where I think we are and what, what the Lord is saying. And then we'll probably turn that towards some prayer and um, intercession. Amen? So Lord, help us now to, to uh, accomplish everything you desire and wish for us to do. Thank you for what you've already accomplished. And I thank you for moving us forward into the next step and phase of what you want to accomplish while we're here together. Lord, I feel a strong anointing here. It's probably, it's on this house, but it's also because I'm sure what Jane's been teaching on. I feel a strong anointing to stand in that watchman role for this place and for this state, but also for this nation. So we want to be very sensitive tonight in the morning to follow your leading clear, carefully. And Lord, I feel that there's great faith in this room. I feel like there's great, a, a, a significant agreement in this room. I feel like you can just do with us anything you want. No limitation whatsoever. So steer us, Holy Spirit. We're going to be uh, diligent to listen and honor you and your leading. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start by reminding you, some of you, maybe you haven't heard it, but for some of you, it would be a reminder of a dream that was given to a person regarding the gathering we had in Washington, D.C. on 222 in 2017, I believe. Or was that 18? It was 18. So, you know, that gathering was called the turnaround because of a word that Chuck gave to the nation, that there would be great turmoil for the first part of President Trump's tenure, but then we would hit a point of breakthrough and a great turnaround would begin. And so I was instructed by the Lord and through dreams and several people in my life that speak into my life prophetically, I was instructed very specifically, very clearly to host that gathering. Now we didn't plan on doing it at the Trump. We just couldn't find any place else in Washington to do it. Either they didn't want us, very openly stated, we don't want that here. We knew, they knew it was a prayer conference. Can you imagine a hotel just coming right out and saying, it's like these people telling Chick-fil-A, you're not welcome in our airport or whatever. You know. It's just, but then the Trump Hotel 
said, we want you here. We want you here. We'll, we'll work with you. They said, we know who you are and what you do. We know all about the Appeal to Heaven flag and these conferences that you're doing around the country. And we want you to do that gathering right here. Isn't that amazing? And how many of you were there? I know there had to be some people. Oh, that's awesome. So it was one of the most significant gatherings I've ever been in. Mostly just prayer and decrees, not a lot of speaking. But at the end of the gathering, I shared a dream God gave a lady uh, a week or so before. But it was, the context of the dream was, was at the end. So it was after the gathering. And in the dream, she was there at this 222 gathering, and she left with some friends of hers, walked down the street in Washington, D.C., and saw an angel. And the angel was, you could tell, on a mission, going somewhere, had a scroll in, in his hand. So they decided to follow the angel. And the angel walked from there, from our gathering, to the Capitol. And went into the Capitol. And in the dream, they followed the angel into the Capitol. And then the angel went into, she said, a big meeting hall. And she said it, it was the place where the presidents do their State of the Union address. Well, that's the House chamber, House of Representatives chamber. And the angel stopped at the back entrance and paused and then unrolled the scroll and shouted. And the room was full, by the way, of, of congressmen and women. And the angel decreed, the verdict has been rendered. And then the angel decreed very loudly with great authority. America shall be saved. Yeah. When I read that there, it was one of the most electrifying moments wow. I've ever experienced. Wow. The place just erupted, but not just with emotion. It was you could feel the hovering presence of God making his declaration, the Ancient of Days. America shall be saved. And it's easy to lose sight of some of these promises, that and others like it, when you're in the battle. And if you watch the news much at all, which many of you probably do, I watch probably too much news. I'm just always trying to be aware of what's happening in the nation. But if you watch much of the news and listen, you can, you can be steered off course by thinking things are not going in the right direction. But the very chaos that you see is because we are winning. <clears throat> no doubt about it. The enemy is so engaged, alarmed, upset right now. And 
how could you possibly explain the vitriol and hatred toward our president other than it being demonic? I, mean, I don't care what you think about the man's past. I, mean, I don't like his past either. I just believe God redeems. But how can you possibly explain it any other way? How can you possibly explain an entire industry forfeiting its integrity and its assignment as journalists and people that are unbiased just report facts. How can you possibly explain an entire media abandoning that because of one thing, their hatred for one person? And it's not really, I don't think, Trump, they don't know this, but it's, it's that they hate what he's doing. He stopped a runaway train. Now, he can't fix it by himself. And he's not a messiah, but he's just, he's just arrogant enough, <laughs> bold enough, stubborn enough. He's just, just God's just using that. You don't want to look for a lot of the gentle fruit of the spirit and, you know, not pastoral heart from the president. That's not his assignment. His assignment is to be a wrecking ball. But there's this hatred now of that because the, the left, the antichrist crowd, those that oppose biblical morality, life, all of these things had such momentum. 50 years of momentum. And the blood of the innocent feeding principalities and powers in this nation. And, and, and just a, a, an incredible momentum, this wave of darkness, of, of turning away from God in the entire nation. And, and, and uh, this man, but also a movement, the church, finally began to awaken and say, we are not going to let this happen. And these powers of darkness and the people that they use are just furious with what God's happening. But what we have to remember when we see all of this is America shall be saved. And the deep state is going to keep being exposed. God is cleansing People are going to go to prison, no question in my mind. All right, now I'm not here to talk politics. I'm not into politics. I am into government, but I'm not into politics. God is government. He's not political, but he is government. So America shall be saved. Shortly after that gathering, a friend of mine had a dream with the president in it, with myself in it. And I don't think this is as much about me. A lot of times when people have a dream about me, um, it's what I represent in the nation. The prayer movement, the apostolic prophetic movement, the 
the awakening that's coming. A lot of times when there's a dream someone has about me, it's really about us. So the dream is as follows. I dreamed last night that you and a small group of us were invited to see President Trump in the Oval Office. And a lot of times, by the way, the president is a representation of authority. In this dream, I think it's literally him. But sometimes when people give me dreams about the president, I know it's what he represents. The leadership of the nation, authority in the nation, etc. But in this, this dream, I think it is about the president himself. So we were invited into the Oval Office, and upon arrival, after some small talk, POTUS Trump, very much in humility, which I believe there's a transition in happening in his life. I certainly wouldn't call him humble yet. But I believe there is a transitioning happening in his life. But in this dream, very much in humility, he began to thank you. He's talking to me, so I'm going to say us. But he, he began to thank you, us, for your leadership and the Appeal to Heaven prayer movement. He then presented to you, to me, an Appeal to Heaven flag that he had signed. What does that symbolize? Well, I think it's, it's a position of the highest authority governmentally in America endorsing the prayer movement. I don't need an autograph flag. It's not what that's about. It's about a, a signature that represents the highest authority authorizing a movement. He requested of you to organize, he asked me in the dream, to organize a high-level strategic prayer task force. He told you that he would be releasing directly to you significant issues for prayer. He said to you that he had received this prophetic instruction from a very trusted voice his wife, Melania. <laughs> About five years before he was elected president, she was born again, filled with the Spirit. She is the influence in his life toward the Lord. So when she, so that's why if you discern the same thing I discern, even during the elections, when I heard about her past also, which wasn't very moral, really, and posing nude, that sort of thing, why I kept asking myself, why don't I feel unclean perversion stuff on her, rather than why do I feel purity? Because that's not who she is anymore. At that time, you presented to him a white stone and read to him Revelation 2.17, which in Revelation 2.17, I 
John was, uh, we were given, ever, people were given a white stone with a new name on it that only that person knew. It was a personal name from God to you that he wrote on a white stone. So symbolically, in the dream, I gave Trump a white stone and read to him that verse. He then quoted to me in the dream, there was a man sent from God, and his name was John. John is President Trump's middle name. God spoke to us before the election through a, through a six-year-old who said, uh, Jesus told me who's going to be president. His name is John. Not Donald. John. Because the Donald is the is the brand of the man in his fleshly nature to become the biggest and the best and the tycoon and you know all of the things that he he has done some of which are not wrong but a lot of it's based on pride and just being the biggest and the best and the Donald but God didn't call him Donald he called him John he was given that name because God's going to make him a John, a revelator, intimate disciple that laid his head on Jesus' breast. A son of thunder, but who was transformed into also one who could hear God's voice and walk in intimacy with him. His mother, his grandmother was a part of the great Hebrides revival. In his lineage is awakening. So it was significant in the dream that when I read him the verse, he, he, he gave his new name that God referred to him as, John. This is all, this is all just leading up to part of the dream I really want to share. He then asked if he could pray for all of us in the dream. And in his prayer he said, and this is really what I want to what I wanted to get to. Lord, let this man and these leaders convene a holy convocation that I might finish my eight years well. That'll drive some people crazy. <laughs> Listen, that I might finish my eight years well and the ancient markers of our founding fathers be restored. Now, that's what I wanted you to hear. Because our greatness, even this Make America Great Again thing, our greatness is not linked to wealth. Wealth is a tool. It's not linked to power. That's a tool. Our greatness is linked to our 
connection to him and our assignment from him to be a beachhead for the gospel to the ends of the earth. So he said, let this man, these people, convene a holy convocation. I'm starting to believe that's literal. When I first received this, I felt like it was just the prayer movement in general. Pray this way. Now I'm starting to feel there is a holy convocation we will convene to pray for this man and this nation and the leaders of our nation specifically that the ancient markers of our founding fathers be restored. He then presented to me a pager and he said, when you see the number 2222, <laughs> and that's my life verse, Isaiah 22:22, which talks about a key of authority given that will unlock a door nobody can close and close a door nobody can open. And some of you know my story a little bit. Prayed that verse all over America hundreds, maybe thousands of times. So in the dream, he said, when you see the number 2222 on the pager, always answer your cell phone, even when there's no caller ID. Because I'll be sending you prayer requests. Ancient boundaries. One of the things that's going to be significant about this third great awakening, the first great awakening helped solidify and establish and launch this nation into who we are. The second great awakening was a correcting awakening. Civil war, the turmoil, the drifting away from God. God sent a second great awakening get us back on track. The third great awakening will reconnect us to our destiny as a nation. The third great awakening is not just about salvation. That will happen. That's going to be amazing. People set free and healed and delivered. And millions of people coming into the kingdom. But one of the things for America that it will do is it will reconnect us firmly, strongly to these ancient markers. In other words, it will reconnect us to our destiny as a nation. Now, we are moving toward this. Early this year, late last year and early this year, I had a strange thing happen with me. Some of probably have the partners in here. I think we, you probably received one of my CDs where I talk about this. Something never happened to me before began to happen to me. Four times in a month, people walked up to me in the service and gave me a bag full of change. 
Now, I've been given money before, obviously. I've been given significant coins. But this was different. This was just baggies. This wasn't like a bank bag. It was just baggies full of change. First one happened, a, a little girl. I'd been watching her during the worship. She was really, really blessing me with her worship. During the offering, they did a love offering for me, and people were walking up and uh, putting their offering in the baskets. But she detoured from that and walked over to me and said, here, this is for you, and handed me a baggie full of money, change she had been saving. It wasn't much. She was just, just a young girl. I think there's about five dollars worth of change in it. I just thought it was a token of, of honor and love, and it was deeply impactful for me. But when the second one came, I realized God was talking to me, not just about what I thought. And then the third one came. And then the fourth one came. Now, in 35 years of ministry, I'd never had people hand me baggies full of change. But I had four of them within a month. And I was with Chuck when one of them came, and I said, you need to prophesy into this. What's God saying to me? He said, change is coming. I felt like an idiot. <laughs> so, sometimes there's not some hidden, profound, you know, mystery. Change is coming. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, change is coming. America shall be saved. And America's going to return to the ancient path to reap the harvest of the ages. And we're moving toward that. And God is orchestrating events in amazing ways. I mean, right now, well, get out too far, much off track here, but change is coming. And if you get bogged down in, if, you, if you're not flexible and ready to change with him, you're going to be a part of the old wineskin company. You're still going to get to heaven. Jesus still will love you. Do his best to take care of you. Being an old wineskin doesn't mean you lose your salvation. It means you can't receive the new wine. The fresh outpouring of wine of the Spirit. You can't hear what he's saying today. You're stuck in yesterday. Yesterday's revelation becomes today's wisdom. But you can't live just by wisdom. You can't just take the revelation that came yesterday that is now seasoned into wisdom and live just by that. You have to take yesterday's revelation, which is now wisdom, but you have to keep receiving current revelation. Because if you don't receive current revelation, today's wisdom will not be relevant. Irrelevant wisdom? Yes, there, there is such a thing as irrelevant wisdom. The church in America is full of leaders that have irrelevant wisdom. Yeah. 
They're wise, but they don't know what to do with it. Because it's not married to revelation. You always have to have a God, godly mix of wisdom and revelation. Change is coming, and we better be changing with him. So, shortly after that, in fact, right on the heels of that change word, Chuck leaned over to me in a service, Chuck Pierce, leaned over to me in a service and said, I think we're supposed to go back to all the states. He and I have been to all the states together. 50 state tour back in 03 and 04. He said, I think we're supposed to go back to all the states. I just about fell out of my seat. <laughs> I thought, man, I'm already busy. My calendars. I said, well, whatever. Whatever God says, we'll do. So he prayed about it, I prayed about it. And what the Lord actually said was not that we were to go to all the states, but we were to go to a certain number, not an exact number, but he would show us how many regions and gather people from the surrounding states and through this regional tour, touch all the states again. So not go to all of them, but touch all of them, people from all of them. And so that felt right, and we just started making plans, and we are now, uh, we have now begun this regional tour. But here are the three things that he said to me that he heard from Holy Spirit that we were to do on this tour. I'm trying to, I'm trying to share a journey with you so you can track with God, so you can track with Holy Spirit, I'm trying to encourage you. So the three things he said we're going to do, he said we're going to prepare the land for awakening. The word of the Lord, and as we gather the praying church, make decrees, lock into agreement all over this nation, we will prepare the land for awakening. Now, when you've, been, when you've been plowing and, and decreeing awakening is coming for 25 years, and God finally says, this year, go prepare the land, it's coming. That's an amazing word. That's a life-giving word. That's a, it's just the, the hope that that brings, the it's like God coming to Abraham after 24 years saying, this time next year. Yeah. I know you've given up hope. I know you're wavering. I know you're old. I know Sarah's barren. But I'm telling you, God said, this time next year, yeah. Isaac is coming. That's what that word means to me when, when the prophet said, go prepare the land for awakening. It's not like we haven't been. This is a different word. This is like, okay, you've been, you've been doing this for 24 years, Abraham, but it's time. 
And then he said, we're going to restore God's hovering power. Not that God lost it, but in America. And anytime you see the word hover, you need to associate it with birthing. Because that's what the word means in Genesis 1. When the Spirit of God was hovering or brooding, the word is rakaf, and it's a reproductive term. And it's, to, it's the words of Jesus were being spoken, and the Bible called them seeds. And Holy Spirit was taking those seeds and causing them to produce in the same way that it happens in nature. The word spore, sperm, all come from the Greek words spiro, spiro, sperma, one form of it. It's all, it's, all, it's all God's way of saying reproductive power that he established in creation. So he uses the word at times to describe spiritual birthing. So when he said, we're going to restore God's hovering power, that says to me, we're about to see Holy Spirit hover over this nation and birth the awakening we've been asking for. And the hovering we're about to see is going to, an experience is going to be perhaps the most significant, intensive release of Holy Ghost power the earth has ever experienced. prepare the land for awakening, we're going to release the hovering, and then he said, we're going to activate an anointing to birth the future. Now, of course, two people can't do that. He's talking about the praying church. He's talking about the body of Christ that we gather to pray. This is what's going to happen. So we're going to activate anointing to birth the future. And the Lord gave him the phrase, plow. It's time to plow the nation. Get ready for harvest. Plow. So then on the heels of that, a lady gave me a word. And she used this language. In this year of plowing, God says to you, years ago I assigned you to this field called America. And you put your hand to the plow and have not turned back. Much plowing has prepared the soil for planting, and good fruit has come. But you have plowed with a shallow plow. Well, that wasn't an indictment. That wasn't negative. That was literal. There are two types of plows, which I didn't know, to the farmer. There's the shallow plow. And then she said, but now you must plow with a ripper. Any farmers in here know what a ripper plow is? See a few hands. The ripper, she said, goes deeper and breaks up the hard pan and even rocks. Not just pulls up rock, can break rocks and rocky soil. So it goes deeper. Rippers can be so powerful that the hardest part 
uh, and using a ripper can be having enough horsepower to pull it through the hard pan and rock because it'll pull through it. It'll t break it up and tear it up if you can get enough horsepower to pull it through. But the ripper goes deeper and breaks up the hard pan. It keeps the roots from receiving water and nutrients. Then she says to me, you are a holy ripper. <laughs> oh, well, I've been called a lot of things. I've been called a lot of things. You're a holy ripper. You're going to plow through the hard pan to give water and life to the roots. I think when I hear that, the roots of our nation, roots Ancient paths, our covenant root as a nation, so the flourishing can begin. I <laughs> said, these are good words, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So then a friend of mine just a couple of months ago had another dream about me, and it was connected to the assignment that 13 of us uh, fulfilled in October of 2016, the retrace tour. When Chuck gave me a word a month before the 2016 elections and said, you're to gather a team, he prophesied publicly, you're to gather a team and you're to go to seven places in America that represent or are places where covenant with God was established. Our covenant roots as a nation, and he rattled off six of them, and I knew what the seventh one was while he was prophesying. And he said, you're to gather a team, and you're to go to these seven places and reestablish covenant with the Lord in this nation. And when you're finished, not only will that happen, but the word of the Lord will return to the land. So I gathered a team put the word out to some friends and said, whoever feels led to go, go, and ended up being 13 of us going to parts of the original 13 colonies by God's design, not by my request. And we went to these places, and it was amazing. I don't have time to talk about all that. But each, in each of the seven places, God showed us specific things that he had been doing in our nation there and put in our nation there, why they were important and what we were to awaken. And one of the most significant places of all was a place called Penn Treaty Park in Philadelphia. William Penn, the birth, the father of Pennsylvania, was a man who understood covenant and he entered into covenant with the native people. He would never take the land, but he always bought the land. And he walked in covenant with them. And it's often said he is one of the only, maybe the only person that entered into a covenant. He didn't call it a treaty. Even though they call it Penn Treaty Park, he called it a covenant. He's probably the only person that never broke covenant with them. So Penn Treaty Park is this insignificant place in Philadelphia. You wouldn't even know it was a, it was a national place. You drive by, it just looks like a 
small, insignificant park with some people running around having picnics and kids. It's not big. It's not well maintained in a sense. It's just, it's just hidden. But we knew we were to go there and pray. And when we got there, we realized that we had touched one of the key points of America. And one of the phrases God had given us before this was that we were to, that we were to believe him for mercy. And one of the dreams about me was, uh, was me saying I've tapped into a root of mercy. And an angel came to Ken and my brother and I in, in Washington, D.C. earlier that year and decreed over us as we prayed for the nation six times the word mercy. And then, of course, there was another vision a man had where mercy coins were falling. And he looked in the dream, looked at me and said, mercy is our new currency. I say all that to say we realized when we were there that based on the word that God keeps covenant and mercy, that we were tapping into the root of mercy for America. deeply, deeply moving. It was a powerful time. I said all that to say the dream. I dreamed last night. It's just a couple weeks ago. I dreamed last night. Oh, wait a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. It's another dream and we'll read in a minute. But it, the, the dream from a month ago. One of the people on that retracing tour, one of the 13, had a dream. He said, in the dream, we were back at Penn Treaty Park. And we started feeling that presence again that came to us there. And it was holy, and we were having communion, honoring covenant. We knew we'd tapped into this mercy thing for America. President Trump showed up. And he walked up to us. And he said, now we can move on from this place. tapped into covenant again. We tapped into mercy again. And now we can move forward from here. That's an incredible word. It's not about Trump. It's about what he represents. The leader of the nation saying, we're reconnected now. the God who keeps covenant and mercy. We are now dealing with the God who keeps covenant and mercy. We're not dealing with the with God of judgment. We're dealing with the God who, who desires to give mercy. 
and is always wanting to restore covenant. So now we can move on. See, we're about to move into this awakening and get the ancient paths restored and ancient markers, and America shall be saved. Yes. One more dream. This is just a few days ago sent to me. And this dream thing right now, Jane, I, I don't have them, but people have them for me. You get to sleep. I get to sleep. <laughs> it's always the way I've looked at it. People come up to me and say, man, I was warring an intercession for you for two, three hours through the night. What was going on? I said, slept like a baby. <laughs> I said, well, I, I said, you were warring so I could rest. This is, this is interesting. I dreamed last night, just a few days ago, but when they sent it to me, they said, I dreamed last night you were presented a skeleton key. He said, this was one of the regional meetings you and Chuck are doing. And in the meeting, you, I, was presented a skeleton key. He said, skeleton, in, in that realm, in that world, a skeleton, skeleton actually means master. So you were given a master key. Chuck prophesied to the atmosphere, and a keyhole appeared, and you inserted the key into the atmosphere. And turned it until a doorway was opened in the atmosphere. Don't you love dreams? <laughs> and a voice spoke from the spirit realm and said, Welcome into an ancient pathway reserved for this time. You take the key of authority. This is what he prophesies the word of the Lord. I take a key, master key. It's Isaiah 22, 22. Reach it into the atmosphere, unlock, and a doorway appears, and the door opens, and a voice from the spirit realm decrees over us. Welcome into an ancient pathway reserved for this time. And then the voice said, here are the resources needed to complete the turning of the nation. America shall be saved. 